Welcome, everyone, to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. This is episode nine, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Alpha Counseling and Treatment, who is the largest and most respected provider for justice-involved clients in need of sexual offense-specific treatment services. Alpha is also a JRI-certified agency providing moral recognition therapy and substance use disorder treatment to justice-involved clients. With Alpha Counseling and Treatment, you can be confident the treatment you will receive will keep you out of the criminal justice system. Alpha clinical professionals are trained and certified in cognitive behavioral interventions for sexual offending. This evidence-based program teaches participants strategies for avoiding sexual offending and related behaviors. The program places heavy emphasis on skill-building activities to assist with cognitive, social, emotional, and coping skills development. Check out their website today at utahsbesttherapy.com or you can call directly at 801-645-5455. This episode of the Gorilla Social Work Podcast is also brought to you by Triple S Systems. Triple S provides scientific outcome measures for clinicians in the field of behavioral health. Outcome measures provide direction for both clients and treatment providers using evidence-based practice. Any program not using outcome measures to track their clients' progress and success has been scientifically proven to be less effective. So there you have it. Yeah, so on our episode today, we're going to be starting a series that we have called Penitentiary Pundits, which is obviously just a very clever name that we came up with, which just gives you an idea for who's coming on the podcast for this episode. This will usually be someone that works in a jail setting, in a prison, maybe a halfway house, but we can have them on so they can share what they see when they're providing mental health services and that aspect of the social work field. So today on the episode, we have Dr. Kay Ha, who was kind enough to come join us. She provides mental health services. She's actually a mental health administrator out at the Weber County Sheriff's Office out at the jail out there. So we had her on the show, had an awesome conversation with her, talked about her history, you know, how she got into this field, some of the entertaining stories and what she sees from, from her position in this field. So check this one out and we will get on with the episode. Are we live? Now you talk again. Are we live? Yes. We're nice. going. So we're rolling. We're recording. Yeah. With Dr. K. Ha from the Weber County Correctional Facility, mm-hmm. by the way. Are you super excited? I am super excited. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We're not Te- used to having guests. Well. Yeah. We had one, though. We had, we had one guest. We had Ed on here before. Yeah, yeah. We had him ask him about the polygraph. That was like our, that was one of our best podcasts, though. So that was good. You have a lot to live up to, K. I do. Yeah. Well. yeah I, w- I, was, I, was, I was thinking before she came in here. So I was getting online because I was like, oh, I wonder what kind of interviewing questions we should ask her, right? And it gave the dumbest shit on the planet. <laughs> like, no, it was, was like it really generic, too. No, 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 yeah. dude. It was like, so, so, you know, 
it, it's tough because I was like, well, I don't know. We're pretty clever, and, and I think we can just wing it, you know. I was like, I want to be kind of prepared, though. But then it was, at, oh, these are some really funny questions to ask your guests. Like, if you were a crayon, what color would you be? I'm like, no, that's <laughs> hilarious. Purple. Yeah. Clearly. If you could meet a fictional character who... <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not asking that shit. I was like, those, those questions seem awful. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you do, you do you feel do you feel at home that we're broadcasting here at the armpit of Ogden though? I do. I feel Kay, very at home. Kay was commenting on that there was food on the stairwell as she was walking in. That was <laughs> our clients like to give back. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is. They left you a gift. Yeah, I mean they never know who's next, who's going to be hungry. Though. That's right. But you want to hear you want to hear a fun story okay. about this very room that you're <laughs> yeah. sitting in right here. Oh, yeah. I was going to say right, speaking uh, of food, I should have chosen a different food. spot actually. Yeah. Now that okay. you said that, so so. I, now you can't you can't like jump out of your seat now though. Okay. Okay. I'll try. So in this very room, one of the craziest things I've ever seen happen in the group happened in this group. Yeah. So a guy who is like coming off of heroin, like he's coming down from heroin, and he's withdrawing or whatever, literally shit his pants in this room. Awesome. And 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 not only did he get on the floor, right? It somehow got on this very desk right here. <laughs> Wasn't it like right, right here? Jeff, show her the picture. I'll, I'll get show pictures. Her that picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you believe that? No. I, what I was wondering to myself is how did that get on the desk? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I see it getting That's on the more, floor, but how do you get on the desk? It's more impressive than anything. You're like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not even grossed out. It's like <laughs> we, and then and you just stay in the group room. Like, we're going to talk this out. <laughs> how many yeah. other people were in the group? So there, there's some. That's pretty oh brutal. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's not good. And that's that's right behind you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thanks for saving me this <laughs> yeah, I just, didn't, I just didn't respond. I, just, I was just pretending it wasn't happening. I was letting everybody else deal with it. Like, <laughs> nope. How many people were in the room? I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, that, they're that, probably the smell none pot. None of us were. Away. Yeah, we none of us were in the office. Oh, okay. It was one of our other therapists. But okay. Lucky yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, lucky them. So, so oh. do, do you want to explain what you do? Yeah, yeah. What's your oh. official position at the Weber County Jail? I am the health administrator at Weber County Jail, which we on 12th Street, which we also cover the Kiesel facility, mm-hmm. which is our um, community service and work release center. So, what's the difference so, between those two? Um, on the 12th Street Jail, is the inmates are typically not allowed out or anything. They have a higher level of classification mm-hmm. where on the in Kiesel facility, that's where the community service and work release inmates are sent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have much more freedom and can go out on a work release detail mm-hmm. or be assigned a community service project where they can go out and do their work during the day and then they have to check back in in the evening. Okay. So everybody's trying to get to Kiesel all yes. the time. Yeah, you get, to, get to get out of jail and go to work. Yeah. The other thing they do at Kiesel, though, is um, on the second floor at Kiesel, they have the women's SOAR program, which is... S-O-A-R? S-O-A-R, which is the um, substance abuse treatment program for state female inmates. Mm -hmm. So... Okay, yeah. Substance abuse... So they don't get to go out the second floor. Wait a minute. What's the the A? What does SOAR stand for? I don't know what the SOAR... Or is it SOAR like S-O-R-E? Or S-O-A-R. S-O-A-R. Oh. I love those. (laughs) You just can't even figure it out. Dude, you beat the hell out of them. That's yeah, awesome. like it, it would be so funny. Like if you had the name of a company, like a name of a, a project like that, 
that had like, I mean, you didn't know it, but it had an acronym, you know, like, yeah. It, yeah it was, Self-help so information you. treatment. Yeah. You like that? Self-help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Self-help information yeah, treatment. That, that, was off the, that was off the cuff, Four man. words Come on. coming yeah. together. Yeah, just yeah, saying, that's, saying stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good one. Yeah. We, we did, we, uh, Jeff and I, though, you know, we have a, um, Alpha has a, has a, has a DBA as, uh, what is it? The, what's the actual what's the actual de- uh, doing business as what is it are you talking about the u.s yeah depart- what is yeah. it what is it really though the ubiquitous sanctimonious department of treatment and counseling yeah <laughs> yeah so what we what we tried to do because it was i think it was the united states um chamber of commerce right yeah. like yeah. that's not really like a government organization it's like a private institution i think okay we or we heard that maybe we're wrong but so we were like man what if we'd signed up for like the U.S. Department of Counseling and Treatment, or, or yeah, right? Yeah, we tried it. Yeah, we we tried to sign up, and that we got we got a rejection letter saying like <laughs> you can't use U.S. Yeah. in your name because <laughs> we wanted to use it to endorse Alpha Counseling. Like, how cool would it be if the U.S. Department of Treatment and Counseling endorsed Alpha Counseling? No one would know it was our own DBA. Yeah. Right. So they they sent us a rejection letter, and so Mace and I oh, turned yeah. back the yeah. So now well, we're still the U.S., but it's the ubiquitous sanctimonious. But we yeah. we oh, yeah you. we abbreviate those two. Those are just two big words. Very yeah. nice. But they describe yeah. us. <laughs> well, so how'd you get started? Talk us through it. What happened? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of okay, interested well, to hear that. Okay, well, back in the 80s, I lived in California about a block off of Hollywood and Vine. and The 80s? The 80s. And the, got an invitation. Yes. <laughs> got an invitation from the woman who lived in the house in front of the apartment building that we were living in. Um, a block off of Hollywood and Vine. She said, why don't you try correction sometime? Come to work with me one day and... We'll see if you like it or not. So, lo and behold, I went over to L.A. County Central Men's Jail in downtown L.A., and I liked it. It was good. So I started working there. What did you like about right it? Right in L.A.? Right in Los Angeles, Ooh. downtown Central belly, Men's Jail. Belly of the beast, son. Yeah. Yeah. Worked for L.A. County Sheriff's Department, and um, like my first day on the job, I was going down to pass meds in the men's area. Did you have that? Movement I did, and I had my lab coat on, and one of, I didn't realize this, but I learned a lesson real quick. I walked by, and the guy reached right through the cell and grabbed the end of my lab coat, and I thought for sure he was going to pull me right oh through, and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, he about so, had a new cellmate. Yeah, and yeah. but I didn't make a mess on the floor. You'd be proud of me. That so. is good. Yeah. Um, oh, by, by like spilling something? Yeah, oh. yeah, right. Like <laughs> yeah. spilling so something. Carrying a drink. My and, yeah, just anyway, carrying a drink. Yeah. Um, but that's so... Correction's one of those things you love it or you hate it. Um, yeah. And then um, I had a couple other really good experiences there. I um, was doing an intake and booking one day, and I guess I pissed the guy off in my lap. Yeah. Okay. We would actually <laughs> prefer it. Yeah. That you heard me <laughs> say that. shit earlier, okay. right? Even if you so don't need to. So I guess I actually it. pissed the guy off, um, and he reached over, and on the desk I had a box of staples. He pulled out one whole row of staples and swallowed them right in front of me. Oh. I'm like, dude, that's going to hurt you so I much like more that. than it Wait, I'm going gonna, gonna to get you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I man, he showed, <laughs> you. he showed you. I'm going to yeah, swallow these staples. Me. Yeah. And I informed well, you him, got me. yeah, it's going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to hurt me. Oh, yeah. oh dude. No. So then after about... <laughs> um, Chipotle got nothing on that. Three <laughs> years of working at Central well, Men's I Jail, I, I was like, oh, I think I need a change. So... Then I went over to work at Sybil Brand Institute for Women in uh, California, this 
Southern California, the female prison. Like a mental institute? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Female prison. Okay. And within the first few weeks of the job there, again, I was out passing my meds in this this little girl who was like 16 years old who was booked in the adult female prison um, because she was adjudicated said, like, if I didn't give her the meds she wanted off of my med card, Mm -hmm. she was going to do to me what she did to her mama's boyfriend. And I was like, oh, what would that be? (laughs) She goes, well, when my mama came home, he was cut up in little pieces and bullying on the stove as I was like, well, you're still not getting it. And I just moved on my way. That's so, yeah. So she did. That's like a legit murderer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. she was. Holy cow. She cooked him? She cooked him. She cooked him. Wow. So correction. That beats very anything. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah. But working in L.A. was interesting, too, because you'd get a lot of the different, you know, soap opera stars and different movie stars that would get booked in for DUI, oh, get bailed out the next day, and next week they were back doing it yeah, all over yeah, again. Yeah, Utah's so. like the high-class version, which everyone goes to Park City for drug rehab yes. for $50,000 a month. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I love they go to, everything's 30 days, like 30 days fixed. You're done, life. just fix. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of money. The yeah. more you pay, the better your treatment is. 30000 a day. Yeah. 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 At it's least. like it's just a paradise in the mountains. So that'll fix me. Yeah, just go hang out for thirty days, and, and you're if fixed. you're there in the winter, you can ski too. Yeah, that's there. true. Yeah. Just don't even do treatment; just go skiing. Yeah, they probably do though. That's sad. They probably do. Yeah, yeah that's true. What 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 was the most famous movie star you've ever seen down there? Well, I I was there when um, Marvin Gaye's father got booked in for killing him. So. Wait a minute, Marvin, uh, dude, I don't know any of this stuff. Marvin yeah, Gaye he... got killed by his father? Yes, you no don't way. remember that? You were the, well, come on now. We're... I know, I'm sorry. I'm I, I, barely, I can't myself. even name a Marvin oh. Gaye song, I don't think. Oh. Really? Are you supposed to, well, no, aren't you supposed to put that stuff on, like, you know, to, you, you have dude, to get to some, do, yeah. to get yeah, he does. Marvin yeah. Gaye's pretty you, legit. Dude, I guess you. it yeah. works, I've never done it. I'm not, I'm not knocking on the dude, I'm just saying, I don't even what... I'm not smooth with girls. Come on now. His dad killed him. Yeah. Wow. Or he yeah. killed well, he his shot dad. him, didn't he? Yeah. Shot wow. Him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's sad. And you were there but when he got booked in, kinda, huh? Yeah, it was just kind of a spooky place, you know, because it was an older building. and That's a fun word, spooky. Know. It was. Wasn't it, really? <laughs> so Wasn't it like, over insurance? He took out an insurance on him? I don't remember the reason like why, him. but yeah. it was just, you know, Crazy. I mean, some of the places, like, I never believed like what you see in the movies as far as being in jail or being in prison, like you see Al Pacino there, yeah. you know, in his bathtub in his cell. Doing cocaine. some coke or whatever, gun. right? Yeah. Yeah. No, but I was a little upset when I went in, you know, and saw one of the high-profile cases and the guy, like, had a TV in his cell. I was like, I can't agree with this. This is wrong. Why do they get a TV in their cell? I didn't understand that. So yeah. I, I struggled with that. Yeah. Has oh. your opinion changed? Over the years, not really. Or, yeah. No. So, so d- now they have the TV in their dorm. Yeah. So at least it's not an individual television I in see. their room. Yeah. Maybe in the prison they do, but not in the jail. Yeah. So, so in other words, like I mean, institutions like that are for punishment, right? And it's not. It's it's designed not to be very pleasant. Like I mean, it should not be a place exactly. you want to go back to. In other Correct. words, Correct. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Supposed That's to be some suggest. type of deterrent. Yes. Right, right, yeah. Then I can tell you another story that was quite interesting. Again, I was very young in corrections, and again, I was working at Central Men's Jail in L.A., and um, one of the sergeants in booking called called up to the medical area and asked for me in particular to come down because we would have to screen 
inmates being booked in, they would call them a duster at the back door for somebody that was doing PCP. Mm-hmm. A duster? Duster. Oh, like nice. call duster. Yeah. I get you. So we would have to go down and do set of vital signs and check for her nystagmus and stuff like that and see if we could medically accept them at that time. So for some reason, this sergeant wanted me to come down in particular and said, uh, you know, send her down. We have a duster at the back door. We need screen. Oh, he so asked he, for me in particular. Because he wanted like, that dude to eat some staples. He was like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> so Bring that staple lady down here. I go, I go down <laughs> there. I go down there, and there's this person staple dressed lady. in, like, a dress and makeup on and... And then he turns oh, yeah. to me and he lifts up the skirt and goes, oh, see what that is? And of course, under the fishnet stocking was a full set of male genitals. Yeah. But, you know, it was, I'm like, at least it was a full one, set, dude. though. He yeah. wasn't ripping you off. True. You know? <laughs> oh, wait. True. oh, wait. It was <laughs> a joke then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. The joke's in corrections. Yes, <laughs> I know. You got to get it. <laughs> Look, balls. Yeah. <laughs> balls. <laughs> that just seems like only only in corrections. I mean, normally. Where else would that work? Like, what other office setting? It, no it way. Wouldn't. Like, it wouldn't yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, somebody true. somebody sends, like, you know, a picture of, like, you know, uh, on emails. Like, you get in, in, in like, an agency mental health agency like local yeah. be an email with like a funny meme or something they send Dr. K I know some balls like, in your face <laughs> like, surprise that's your sister <laughs> was that, when was that in the 60s or 70s 80s the yeah. 80s oh yeah yes. the 80s never yes. mind yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it was it another probably, time right I know it's probably doesn't happen at like Wells over, Fargo or something yeah wouldn't go <laughs> well, no, so it, well now it's probably it's kind of mandatory now isn't that what you when you interviewed Nita isn't that was like the first question you asked her so like yeah, um, are you so you posed the naked body? What did you ask her when you first interviewed her? I don't remember asking her anything about a naked body. I said something <laughs> about like, that. no, yeah, I said something about what's your comfortability working with people that have a sex offense. No, no, man, she t- she's <laughs> told me that story multiple times. She Which was driving one? back from Minnesota, and she said you called her on her way, and, and your, one of your your very first question was <laughs> asking her her comfort level on seeing naked bodies. Oh, yeah, that probably sounds right. Yeah. I probably said that. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, I, I think that was the first thing I asked her to see if she was okay working at the jail. Right. Immediately I've never seen so many naked people yeah, dude, they, they, they in my life. They don't. That doesn't. That's not a thing of the 80s. Like people are no, like, hey, look over there. Today. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. True. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. know what I was getting into, Kay. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize the sheer Surprise. volume of I know. genitals that I'd see on the job. I, yeah. I, let alone other things. Yeah. <laughs> no one told me this. It's true. Yeah, where but you sign up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had a maximum, like a threshold, a genital threshold, but no. nope. It's never ending. You no. know? Yeah, if there's not there a certain no level, threshold. they lose funding. <laughs> you have to have it. If there's one more genital. Like, you have one of those safety counters up. Like, you know, like. <laughs> like 12 days on the job without genitals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you lose your funding, though. If you don't. You'll never you, make 12. Yeah, no. If you don't have a certain no. amount, you lose you, you, it. Yeah, that's. Well, well so, okay. Well, wait a minute then. So, L.A. sounds like a. I mean that sounds fun. I mean because that's what I've noticed. It was quite we, different. I when mean, we started like we thought we're okay. We're in a cool field. We're working with some high risk like sex offenders, substance abuse guys, crazy criminals. And I was like, oh yeah, this jail stuff will be easy. I go down there like, oh my goodness, this is like a whole other world, right? So L.A. had to been like a, oh, a notch yeah. up. How'd you get to Ogden, Utah? Actually, I got recruited. Um, to the state of Utah by a private corrections company to start a mm-hmm. healthcare division and recruited uh, yeah from Baltimore Dang. they just reached out to you well how they found me was i was working for Maryland Department of Public Safety and Corrections so you're from LA to Maryland yes cuz Maryland's my home 
Oh, okay, okay. Um, so we had six different private contractors in the state of Maryland for their inmate mental health or inmate health care. And one of the contractors approached me while I worked there and asked me would I be interested in possibly moving up the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, sure. I just finished my doctorate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And so that's how I found Utah. I'd never been to Utah in my life. Wow. So, and then you fell in love. I fell in love. Well, you like with the mountains, Utah, right? Yeah, I do love the mountains. Oh, it's yeah. It's beautiful here. Yeah. But after four years of living on an airplane in three different time zones in one week, I was like, nah, I, I need to, I need to some solid ground. So that's when I went to Weber County. Yeah. Wait a and minute. I you were, it. were you living in Maryland and commuting? No, I lived, <laughs> I lived in Utah, <laughs> yeah. but I worked for private correction. So we had contracts all over the country. Oh, okay. Okay. But, so you set up some solid ground in here. Yes. Solid so ground. you were administrator over those, those contracts all over all the over state. The, all over the country. Oh, wow. Wow, look at that. So. Yeah. Balling, right? What's your doctorate in? Health sciences. Okay, wow. And I'm uh, a nurse as well, so. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's impressive, dude. That's oh. a, yeah. The corrections, you love it or you hate it. There's no middle ground. No. There that, really that, is no that's middle ground. It's very dichotomous. Like, you're either... It, it, you said that it's to me. It's fascinating to you me, said, You said that to me a while ago. Like you did, well, and you just... It was kind of... You said some people ought to not work with felons. It's so true. Like oh yeah, it is true. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. Well, what were you? What were like your? Um, so as as you were coming on, you really like this and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a kind of a hard environment to adapt to, um, particularly if you're a female. No offense, but it's you know, true. It's just so. What were like the biggest challenges for you early on? Well, I think um, you know, I at least when I started in California, I thought I was street smart. <laughs> I learned very quickly. That I wasn't as street smart as oh, I yeah, thought right. I was. So um, you truly get an education. But it's really good, especially if you're a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll know the kind of shit your kids are trying to talk. Right. And you'll like, oh, guess what? I know what you're talking about. So <laughs> no, don't go there. You don't like talk it back to them. They're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you'll say something like about a street drug that they think you know nothing about, you know. So um it's truly been an education. And yeah. every day I learn something new, which is very cool. Because wow. when you think you've seen it all, no way. something else comes in the door and you go, oh, my God, no, I never saw that before. Yeah, yeah, that's so <laughs> true. I'm only at the, I guess for listeners, I'm only at the gel on Saturdays. And I think every single week I say that. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I thought I'd seen everything. I know. Nope. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. People get very creative. I, and I guess the biggest part for me, too, is if – if individuals would learn to use their creativity the way they do, at least behind the walls, on the outside, the world would be so much a better place. Oh, yeah. Some of the stuff that they design in there and Or draw. where they hide things. Right. Yeah, how inventive like they are with a lot of that. How they use make that things. out here. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. It yeah. truly is. Put that I kind would, of effort in. Yeah. Huh. You know, I, was, I was talking to one of the officers about that, and he was, because um, I was asking him, you know, Obviously, one of the things that the biggest concern in, in the jail is like safety, right? Absolutely. And so, and we put a premium on that too. But clients sometimes, you know, we do our best to develop a, a relationship mm-hmm. with them. And sometimes they disclose stuff to us that they're not going to tell a guard. And so I right. was asking, kind of like, so, you know, what, what if anything do you guys want me to tell you about safety? Obviously, you know, but mm-hmm. I was like, but what, I mean, like, if they have a bag of Cheetos, I mean, do you care? Because I know that they do. They have, you know, there's contraband and they do shakedowns right. all that times. But then the, the officer's like, well, he's all, you know, I'll tell you what. 
he's off. You have it. You know, one of the things they do with those Cheeto bags is they turn them inside out, and you know the the silver lining on the yeah. inside. So they take that out, swap that out with a razor that's in their in their razor. So it looks like the razor's uh-huh. still in their razor, and they have a razor in their hand. And I was mm-hmm. like, Wait, what? Uh, so they take that little silver lining and swap that out with the actual razor. So then when they look at their their handheld razor, it looks they like they think they're a looking at a real razor, Whoa. and then they have a razor in their hand. I'm like, it's pretty what? amazing. And the, I was like, I didn't even think about that. He's all, so you might as well just tell me everything. I'm like, good call. Like, <laughs> I mean, because yeah, that, that I would have never thought about yeah, a Cheetos know. bag. You're well, just thinking the worst thing about a Cheetos bag is it's contraband because it's food they're not supposed to have. Right, right. right. I'm thinking about ants or something. Like, yeah, ants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. It truly is interesting. The things they call, um, you know, all the hooch they make. Um, yeah. It's just. It's fascinating. Well, yeah. What's the craziest thing you've seen brought in as far as contraband, or just something that wouldn't be expected? A a gun in a A very obese individual. Yeah. Got him. Got it into jail. Well, I mean, fortunately, now we have a scanner. Thank God. Yeah. But before we ever had a scanner. Whoa. You know. That's intense. Wait. So. Put in. Obviously, places that you or I would never put cell phones. What was it tucked in like a skin fold? Where was this gun? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That wow. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'll give you another example. Um, when yeah, I worked do. at the female prison in um, California, I don't know. I don't know if was, I want um, you to ruin girls for me. There was a <laughs> go for female, it. Do you know, they they have to walk down ramps. A lot of places are built where they have ramps to go down to mealtime or the cafeteria where they eat. And um, this this one female had acted like she hurt her wrist really bad. And so we sent her out to LCMC, the Los Angeles County Medical Center, to get her wrist checked and stuff. Well, when she came back, the deputy didn't check her very well, didn't, you know, frisk her. And, and she had slid a scalpel in between the ACE wrap. And so she was walking down the ramp to go to dinner, and the girl that was messing with her girl, she caught her right here on the side of her lip. And cut her face wide. It's like open. fish hooked her. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. And, Whoa. And I had to sit there and hold that girl's face together, oh, waiting yeah. for yeah. Kay's pointing to the to get there. side of her lip. She's drawing a line from the edge <laughs> of her lips to about to her the ear. ear. Yes. Yeah. Like a yes. Joker smile. Mm-hmm. Why so serious? Yeah. And I mean, the girl was like, "Well, I don't have wow. anything to lose anyway. You know, she was already going to go to prison and stay there for God knows how many years for the charge she already had committed." The crime she'd already committed, so it was like, oh, what's another charge? My 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 girl was more important to God, me. God, I guess I only thought dudes did that type oh, of no. stuff. Oh no! Oh, women are nasty. You see, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Oh like, yeah. Do you see more like in terms of violence and stuff? Do you see more of that with the girls or the guys? I mean, the guys seems like the obvious, right? But females are very. They can be very nasty. The very, nasty they is use the word, man. their own like weapons, like their nails and. Bite and things like that much more than you would ever see the male population. We were, we were talking about that. We were talking about that when we were watching UFC. We were, I was referencing fights I saw in, like in middle school and stuff, and how much crazier they were when girls were fighting, pulling their hair. Like, and, oh, yeah, absolutely, like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They like fight to the death. Yeah, they will. I, I remember when we were in Ogden High. I mean, you know, you just getting fight. Dudes just punch each other. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the, the end. And then afterwards, you're like bros. Oddly enough, but like <laughs> I saw a girl fight one time, and this girl was literally trying to stab this other girl in the face, or like in her eyes with her keys. I'm like, yeah, like, I that, know. There's no coming back from that. No, I know. <laughs> Yeah, they're ruthless. I'm telling you, they are. Yeah, that's amazing. uh, That is, yeah. Wow, that's. So, I mean, if I ever had my preference, I would much rather deal with a male population than a female. 
uh-huh. just because, you know, females can be very nasty and dirty and filthy, and they, they don't Dirtier? Care. They're dirtier yeah. than... I say, guys can definitely can. be dirty. They, well, they can be. Yeah. They can be. Huh. What's the... So if you compare, like... Because I always... Okay, so when you watch any shows on TV or movies, mm-hmm. you see things about prison and jails, and they're mm-hmm. always like the most ruthless places on earth. Like, what's your experience here in Ogden compared to somewhere like L.A. or Maryland or something like that? Is it tamer, at least here? I think it's a little tamer, probably. Yeah? yeah. In, in what way? Um, just as far as um, kind of the safety and security aspect of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Utah is very much more conscientious, especially Weber County, is much more conscientious about the safety and security of their staff, um, where... Sometimes, like, there was a place in Maryland where you'd have to walk all the way across the yard to get to one of the other buildings, one of the other prisons, and you went there by yourself. I mean, so, and there was inmates out in the yard, and so it what you didn't feel as safe yeah. and as comfortable as I definitely would here because every time we have an interaction with an inmate here, we always have a deputy, which right. is a really good thing. So that right. protocol is not in place elsewhere. Necess- not necessarily. Not, right? Well, it may be inside the wall, but even just going from like, like some of the prisons are set up where they have multiple buildings, but it, you have to actually walk outside and walk through like the gate where you can get passed through or not. Yeah. And then walk and some of it could be blocks. To go from one building to another, and you'd have to walk outside, and you do it by yourself. You know, I, I, I can tell that there's an emphasis on safety. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, granted, I'm not out walking between pods over yard long stretches of yard, right. but like I, I've never felt nervous mm-hmm. really within the facility. I've always felt like there's people there that you know, are staff. watching all yeah. the time. Yeah, they I've, got your back. I, I, I've never felt like. Uh, weirded out by right. any situation involving inmates and like thinking mm-hmm. like what well what would happen i mean i guess i i always do what ifs just because i'm a right. little paranoid on things but mm-hmm. yeah it seems like things are pretty well on lock there well and i think again i do think especially like weber county i think the deputies and the staff there they always look out for one another and they do have your back i feel very confident about that yeah uh, you guys i mean uh, sheriff thompson does a good job he man. does an excellent job an excellent job and yeah. i mean i'm not just kissing up i think about like i just think i, I just have seen i've seen other areas and, and i've heard from other people that well, i mean i work with a lot of other therapists who work in corrections mm-hmm. and i mean it's just not you know i just don't think it's the same level i mean right. it takes I it agree. very very seriously mm-hmm. and um and that's i, I guess i don't know i don't know if we talk well, and about i know that like sheriff thompson's always looking out as far as he gets a lot of information from a lot of different places all over the country uh-huh. and he shares that with us and with the security staff and says, always reminds people, stay safe, stay alert, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's really important because I think that definitely shows that he cares. Yeah. And like, this is just a reminder. This is what happened to this person. And maybe it could have been avoided if they would have been more alert or something like that, you know? Right. So, yeah. He's very knowledgeable, dude. Absolutely. Did he, is, he, is he up for re-election? I, you know, I don't know. I think so. Yeah? I think so. so I'm not sure when the election year is coming up. Vote Sheriff Thompson, his... if you're listening yeah. to this. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a good guy. Well, th- that kind of makes me, I don't know if we talked about the reasons why were you, because so um, Alpha Counseling, the the, um, the agency that we work for contracts mm-hmm. with, we, uh, with, with the Weber County Jail, we Correct. provide the... What are we called? The mental health... The mental health providers. The mental health providers. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, I was just... I compare... Because did you, did you have a, a role... Obviously, you do a lot with the nursing staff there right. to ensure the, the, 
the uh, inmates' health needs are met and everything. Mm-hmm. But did you did were you responsible for or part of implementing the mental health thing? Absolutely. Great. Okay. And why was why was that important for you? In the selection of a new provider as well, it okay. was important for me because we have to all be part of a team, and mental health is a huge component of a person. So yeah. it's like looking at the whole person, not just the medical piece or the mental health piece. It it was a more holistic, but like, nope, I, I need a provider in here that I know I can count on, that I can trust, that I can build a relationship with, yeah. that we can work together with, that we know we're a team, and that we can count on each other. Yeah. So... Yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're clearly happy with the services. Right? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> I'm very happy with the services of Alpha. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, I just, uh, you know, it, it's so weird because um, because I, I and uh, I mean, nothing specific, obviously, on this, but there's a weird, there's a weird, dichot- well, there's a weird kind of um, a position that I think we're put in as mental health providers, particularly people who are in corrections, because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, unfortunately, when people are in, cor- in the jail, you know, they get hurt or they hurt themselves or something right. like that. And it's such a weird thing that instantly it, it becomes like the people who are, and they never name names really, but they're always like, the people who are working with that person are the bad guys. And I feel so, I feel ultimately when I'm getting into that, and this is part of forensic therapy anyway, when we get into that, it's like we're on the defense all the time. Like right. We got ju- to, we got to say, well, we did God, this and this and this and this. We to... didn't drop the ball. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Does that, I mean, how does that translate to their staff? Do they I think feel on edge a lot I, about well, that? Well, I think it, it kind of goes in spurts. It kind of goes in, well, based on lawsuits that are currently happening, you know, or liability situations based on our prior history, you know, things like that. So I think it kind of goes in ebbs and tides. But um, I understand because when somebody tells me I'm not giving good medical care, I get very defensive as well. Like, no, I did this and this and this. But you have to remember the population that we're dealing with most of the time. Mm -hmm. These individuals have never had care. They've never had medical care, mental health care any kind of care. And now all of a sudden we care about their care. Right. And we care about what's going to happen to them when they get out. Right. So it's, it's a whole new ball game for them. Mm-hmm. Continuity of care. Like somebody really is going to try to help me get from point A to point B knowing that I'm going to walk out the door one day. Yeah. So it's, that is so sad too, because this, when, I mean, and you've known this, I don't know if you guys have heard this before when you've been down there, Jeff, but people will say like, I'm going to make sure that I get, my teeth pulled while I'm in here, or I'm going to get this. Exactly. That. Like people yeah. are making sure that their their medical needs are met. And, I'm, and it, I mean, it's just a, a sad state of affairs for that individual. I don't know if it's a reflection of like society or country or anything like that. I mean, I'm just saying for that person mm-hmm. that you've reached the level that the only place that you're going to be able to get is, medical is, care is in, is in, in corrections. Yep, yeah, I know. So it is sad. sad. Well, I had a situation like that that made me sad when uh, right after we got the federal contract. So, I, so I've been working for Alpha about three and a half years now, right? Right when I started was when we got the federal contract. And so one of the guys that was like one of my first clients and ends up graduating and leaving, we're having one of his last sessions. And he was just kind of saying, hey, I'm going to really miss this. I really appreciate Alpha. You guys just made me feel like a person. Mm-hmm. And I was just asking, I was like, well, what were some of the things that we did? Like, what did you appreciate? And he was like, he was tearing up. And he's yeah. like, just the first time I met you, you shook my hand. And I was like, I was like, really? He's like, yeah. yeah. I went through. I went to prison for eight years, and no one touched me. No right. one looked at me. I know. I like, that is That's so rough. sad. Yeah. It is rough. And yeah. you know what? The inmates really do. Like, recently, um, one of the other staff and myself, um, we started 
kind of a project where we realized people were getting booked into jail, say, in August, July mm. or August when it's beastly hot out. Well, then they're getting released in January and February when it's ice cold, it's snowing. So one of the other staff and myself, we started collecting coats and gloves. Mm. And, and so we started keeping that stuff in property area. So when they're released, we have something to give them, especially, yeah. you oh, know. Really? So, yeah. So, like, th- sometimes the property staff weren't doing it. So we're like, they, they finally put up signs, you know, like, if you need something, you need a coat, you need some boots, some shoes, some socks, whatever, just ask. We'll give it to you, you know. So... But it's that thing that I had one of them stop me on the way out, go, thank you for caring, you know, Mm -hmm. thank you for taking the time to go and get me those things because I didn't have it. I mean, she was in like a a spaghetti tank top and it was like 30 degrees outside. I'm like, you can't go out like that. You know, it's probably the mother in me too. Those things stand out though. I think that sends a big message to people. Well, it just is a validation of we truly do care. And you know what? No matter what, it's not, we're not there to judge them. Mm-hmm. they're still a human being and we can never ever lose that perspective and sometimes i think when people go into corrections that happens to them and that's not a good thing yeah. when that happens it's time to get out well, sure. well like one of the things that i mean anybody that's listened to this podcast for more than one episode or even this one right here probably has noticed that we joke around about a lot of shit you know just a minute ago we were talking about all the naked people and all yeah. the, the crazy stuff that happens and like I guess to, to maybe a person listening, it might sound like we're being pretty cavalier about mm-hmm. these people that we're charged with caring for. Um, that I, I think the, the kind of the gallows humor is just sort of a coping that we use to deal Absolutely. with the job. But ultimately, like hearing stuff like that, Kay, that's that's awesome. You know, that's like we, we do care about these people. Absolutely. You know, like granted, it's it's fun to kind of maybe joke around about some of the crazy nonsense that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, but but by and large, these are these are people that. You know, yeah, again, like just hearing that people get their teeth pulled in yep. jail because that's the only place they can get their teeth pulled. That's I awful. Know. You know, we uh, we have a pretty big problem with like the severely and persistently mentally ill mm-hmm. uh, being in being in jail. And, you know, there's not a lot. That's actually something I wanted to pick your brain on, 2K, is like how, like how do we deal with that problem? How do we deal with the overabundance <laughs> of people that – are being housed at the jail because, well, what else do we do with that? Can I throw a stat in there on that? Yep. So I was just saying, um, so this is from SAMHSA. I'll just read this paragraph. So this is released in 2016. Say what SAMHSA is. It's a Substance Abuse Mental Health Health Services Administration. So it's the the government, in other words. Sammy Sosa. (laughs) Yeah, Sammy Sosa and his crew. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen that guy's skin lately? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, Michael Jackson white. White, dude, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it says jails and prisons house house significantly greater proportions of individuals with mental health substance use and co-occurring disorders than found in the general public. While it is estimated that approximately 5% of people living in the community have a serious mental illness, comparable figures in state prisons and jails are 16 and 17% respectively. The prevalence of substance use disorders is notably notably more disparate with estimates of 8.5% in the general public but 53% in state prisons and 68% in jails. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. It is, is nuts. So, I mean, there's a huge overrepresentation uh, of that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so I've just context, um, I just want, you know, anybody listening to this to have some context that there's an overabundance of that. And that's why I think the mental health component is pretty crucial in there. But yeah, I mean, it is crucial. And I think, um, back to your question, Jeff, um, I think that finally that part of the legislator 
legislators and and the government in particular have realized, you know what, based on his statistic, which is great evidence, there really is a huge problem. And, like, we'll have people waiting to go to the state hospital that have committed a crime that may be a very minor crime, but because they're waiting for a bed to open up, time goes on, and they they continue to deteriorate. They're not getting the help that they really need because of the intense level of service that they need. Like they might be in on a simple possession charge or something. misdemeanor charge. Yeah, Yeah, or like like, uh, somebody that's on for, um, like, won't disclose their identity to the officer. So the officer locks them up. Well, then they end up being with us for a very long time sometimes because that, that, their competency that process. has been determined inadequate, and then they're waiting for a state hospital bed, yeah. and time goes on and on and on. What kind and of time are we looking at? Like, like it just, I mean, in general. Um, it could be a year. A year. It, it, Can you explain that a little bit for people who are listening? Because, okay, if, if I read articles, which I do because Adam sends them to me every morning. Yes. Like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> so weird. Uh, anyway, the way it, it feels like to me, at least the way that I read it, it sounds like that there, there's beds available and there's people to care and, and that everybody's just, it's just a government red tape and bureaucracy and everybody's lazy. Because part of me is like, well, if you need a bed in state hospital, what if they're full? What are they going to do? Just put the dude in the hall? Like part of, there's there's legitimate barriers to getting these people. It's not like there people is. don't care, right? There is because the state hospital has several different divisions. They have, they're allotted so many forensic beds so many beds for civil commitments, which is a totally separate entity. So they only are allotted, and I guess that's a funding issue, Mm -hmm. so many um, numbers of beds for different divisions of the state hospital. So a lot of the times the forensic component is completely full, and you can't take somebody that's waiting for one of those beds and put them in a civil bed. You can't do it. It's, it's against, dangerous. It, right? And it's against the law. I mean, right. it, you're not going to get paid for it. Not supposed to mix or what? No, no, yeah. you can't. So that that's a problem. But recently they've started um, a program down in Salt Lake County Jail where it's a competency restoration program mm-hmm. that's going to be run by the state um, to try to restore some of these people to competency that have been either their competency has been questioned initially or they were deemed incompetent but can be restored to competency to actually stand trial for their original crime. Okay. So that just started recently, probably within the last month. Yeah. Um, We've been able to send a couple down from our facility that have been waiting for state hospital beds. Mm -hmm. Um, It's never going to happen fast enough, though, and that's the frustrating part for us. Because I feel like I see see your nursing staff, and they are, by the way, the like nicest people on the planet. I mean, with I have, some um, of the most very blessed, I have a great staff. With some of the most like just cranky and like ungrateful dudes ever coming in, they're super nice to them. But everybody's grinding all the time. Everybody yeah. is trying their best to get that person the care that they need. I know, and I feel like it's super unfair to to chalk it up to because this is the weird part to me is, and this I don't know if I'm wrong here, but it seems like there's almost okay. You say funding. So there's literally no place to put these people because of laws that are protecting maybe civil beds. Okay. So then the, the natural thing would be expand that. But then you're exactly. asking taxpayers to pay for money for criminals, which not we don't want to do that. Exactly. As a, as a legislator or any type of person who can sign a bill that would do that, 
you know, oh, hey, we're going we're gonna to be easy on crime and send more money towards criminals. But then there's outrage when something bad goes down and everybody's speaking out on, you know, these well, things. And it I seems think like a weird cycle. Well, and I think one of the major changes that just happened, too, um, last year in, in the legislature was all the felony charges that were drug charges are now all considered misdemeanors. So that has increased our numbers in the jail, like, Enormous amount because nobody's so, going to prison now, right? Yeah, they're all, all staying right. in the jail because you can't send somebody to prison on a misdemeanor, mm-hmm. it has to be a felony charge, um, in order for them to potentially even be sentenced. To Do you think and that's it, a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think all the jails are prepared for because I don't think number one, we're we're overcrowded all right. the time, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then when you change a law like that. That that means we're going to give you even more, you know. But we're not going to give you the ability to build a new building or to you know create more space. So I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of shifting going on. Sure. You like, know, asking whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is kind of contingent upon like what from what way you're viewing it. You know, right? I mean, like I like the idea that. There's not going to be as many felony drug convictions. I right. think a lot of that stuff's easily dealt with at misdemeanor. But it, like all, all the misdemeanor charges, then packing the jails might be an unintended consequence of it, right? Exactly. I mean, maybe they saw that coming, but I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that's the first thing I thought when I heard that you know felonies were going to be just charges misdemeanors. Now right. I didn't, I didn't right. think, oh, that's going to pack the jail. Yeah, but then when they changed that it, law, it they didn't. The, the other part they didn't change was all of the the treatment centers that are needed, right? Right, so jail yeah. was still the answer. Then send, lock them up and send them to jail. <laughs> so now it's housed with people that need substance abuse treatment, mental health treatment, all these exactly. different things, not getting it. And there's uh, a few of us therapists there. And right, but like like you said, dude, like the, the nurses are grinding. Everybody's trying. I I promise, if the, the the people that write these scathing articles about the jail could like be uh-huh. a fly on the wall and I just know. watch what we do and see exactly. how hard we work, they'd change their opinion. Well, exactly. Yeah. And the, the saddest part about it is, is, okay, as a, as a provider, you know, um, it, well, well, so we worked with one, and you know, and when those things happen, you get kind of like terrified. Of course. And you and and it's so weird because you like we're trying so hard to help that person, yep. and then something bad happened, and then then you're like it's, and you see like little quips in here, and you know it says mm-hmm. uh, the jail staff, and they and everything's taken out of context. Right. And reporters sometimes, this is like, you know, it, it's just They're probably, on a witch hunt sometimes. And, and they got their job to do and whatever. What I'm, I'm saying is, though, it sucks because as, as we're there, it's not like we can get on there and post comments. I know. We can't, like, defend ourselves. I'm like, ourselves. let me make a rebuttal, please. Right. <laughs> right. Because any, Actually, this is what happened with this client. Yeah. yeah. I can't do yeah. that. I know. Any no, attorney, you can't. Any, you know, you can't get on there and say, well, actually, let me tell you what happened. Because right. Because right. then I'm violating confidentiality. And then I'm exactly. So you... You never, as the general public, you hear this one side. You never hear, get to hear the other side. Exactly. And again, it's it's a it's a story. It's not mm-hmm. you know I'm painting this this picture of the story and, and the other side of it because I'm reading through there and I'm like, well, that's kind of accurate. But then there's there's a whole other side to that story. You're taking the context right. out of it completely, and it's just not just not fair at all because yeah. I think everybody recognizes at this point, like you said, the services. So if I'm going to do that. And get guys misdemeanors instead of prison. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe prison makes those guys worse. But then, is there an expansion of services? Exactly. And because if these guys, if nothing changes for them while they're there, mm-hmm. and they just get back out, the same problems that got them in. But there. it doesn't happen overnight. The change doesn't. Right. We all know that. Right. So that's why you got to have that extension of services sure. and that continuity of care. And I know on the inside Ooh, alone, continuity of care. 
we try, yeah. especially I think, and I think we've come a long way together as a team of building something that okay, when you get out, here's some resources for you. There that didn't exist before, yeah. you know. Having so having those resources available, huh? Having the resources once they discharge from jail. Yeah, I mean, even to make them aware of the resources or saying. Like, I mean, I would love yeah. for us to get to the point of here's your appointment with so-and-so next week or tomorrow. It know? takes that, right? Like a, a lot I of these people, so. they, they don't – like I know it sounds super basic to people listening, but a lot of the guys that we work with, they don't have the most basic life skills to exactly. be able to make it. They a, don't. They, they, they wouldn't be able to make their own doctor appointment. No. They wouldn't know what to do, who to no, call. they yeah. don't, let alone who's going to take what insurance they don't have. Right. And uh, again, uh, people listening might kind of go the route of, well, that's their responsibility. And like, well, maybe, maybe, but, if they're not but, but, capable, the, yeah, but they're not capable. That's exactly. the point, right? Yeah. They're not capable. Well, they can't of it. even get from, you know, another example is, you know, something as simple as giving them a bus token. I know my chief's been really good about giving me some bus tokens so that I have the ability to give to these people. Like when you walk out the door, where was your home when you came in here? A lot of them, it, the street is it. Right. So if I can give Lantern them a bus house, token yeah. to get from 12th Street down to Lantern House, that's a step in the right direction I've made. And then tomorrow, the next day, all they got to do is go upstairs to the to the health services part of Lantern House where they can get some kind of service, whether it's a mental health appointment, a doctor's appointment. So I think we have come a long way. We still have a long way to go. If you were in charge of the world... Okay. Yes. <laughs> almost. Like, yeah, yeah. She's almost there. <laughs> I like, like, I mean, like, uh, how how should things operate? Like, what? Like, I don't even know if I'm asking you an answerable question. Well, but, I think you know I, mean? I, I think you are to some extent. I'll answer the part of it that I can. Yeah. I think um, I think we need case managers in the jail um, to assure that continuity of care gets followed through. Like somebody to literally say, "I've made your appointment for you." Here's where it is. Here's the day it is, the time it is. Here's a bus token to get there. And I'm going to call and make sure you got there. We don't, we definitely don't have that. And I don't know that we ever will because it, again, it all goes it back money. to that funding mm -hmm. question yeah. and the taxpayer, nobody wants to have their taxes raised. So it's like a vicious cycle. Well, it's, it, that, it, it's that stepping over a dollar to save a dime thing I that, know. The, that exactly. the public has. Is, we don't want to throw any more money into this, so you're on your own. Figure it out. You need to be exactly. responsible. With but what if we you can, have. Yeah, if we can help them do that a little bit, odds are they're going to stay out of the corrections system. Exactly. They're going to stay out of prison if we help them a little bit, which Saves I feel like the money. idea is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the, the basic run, does issue save money. right there. Yeah. If we help them a little bit, where that's where a lot of the public, their mindset gets cut off. They don't deserve Why help. should I yeah. help them? Ex yeah. they, they made the choice. Took, or yeah. they took yeah. from me. They robbed from me. They you know, yeah. killed my neighbor, whatever it was, you know? Um, so it's, it's, I think a lot of it's education that we have to mm. try to learn to change the mindset of the public if that's possible. But again, if nobody can ever hear the other side of the story, how do yeah. you do that? Well, <laughs> I like the, uh, this, this is like, <laughs> I hate to like quote Will Smith from Men in Black, but I'm sorry. You that's Go great. Or no, maybe it isn't Will Smith. Maybe it was Tommy Lee Jones. Anyway, they're sitting <laughs> on like, in, I don't know if I talked about this in previous podcasts. Have you seen that movie? They're sitting Men on a. Black? They're sitting on a bench. It's been a while. This is this is what I, I like. This though. Right. They're sitting on a bench, and and I think Will Smith is asking Tommy Lee Jones. It was. This is what it was. So he's asking Tommy Lee Jones, like, 
why don't you just tell people about this? Why don't you tell people about all these aliens? I think if you, oh. I think if you told everybody about this, it would be okay. And Tom Lee Jones said something that was really important to me, and he said, I mean, not at the time. I was like, ah, you know, like I was a 16-year-old <laughs> kid. I don't know why I sounded like a nerd. but <laughs> Because you were. Yeah, I was. I was a dork. <laughs> anyway, um, he, uh, and he said, you know, yeah, the, a person is rational, and, and, they, and they listen to you, and they're very linear in their thinking. And, you know, they would, they would say that. People are not understanding, right. and they don't care. People as a group. People as yeah. a group. Right. Like, people are, are irrational. They're crazy. They're mob-like and stuff Well, they're like very that. self-centered. Right. And I'm not saying that the general public is mo- a mob. What I'm saying is is it's like we were talking. We, we were talking about sex offenders, and it's always a you know big buzzword. I mean, and we're trying to say, well, look, they're coming out of prison. They're coming. They're coming to your, your neighborhood. They're coming maybe. to your neighborhood. Exactly. And, and the most important thing to make, you want that guy to be safe? You, the most important thing is that he appreciates what's going on in his life more than he appreciates committing a new sex offense. Exactly. If he digs what's going on in his life and he's making progress and he's happy, you know, it doesn't make any sense for him to do something to hurt another person anymore. Right. So when things make sense for people to commit crimes, they're going to commit crimes. Mm-hmm. So if I leave the jail without any case management, and actually this is literally somebody holding my hand to yes. get me there. Well, what incentive do I have to follow the law? Right. You know? In fact, exactly. you might make a case that jail, in a lot of ways, is is better set of circumstances. It's structure. Right, than, than those other things. And I tell you when you can get up. I tell you when you can eat. I give you the meal. Mm-hmm. So it's like a parent-child relationship, I've had really. clients in the jail say that they, they say, I, I don't like being here, but in a way it's it's uh, consistent. Absolutely. You know? They know what to expect. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it, on some level, one thing I've really noticed, though, is like clients that are reaching out even after they've left the jail. Mm-hmm. Like they, because I mean, so, so uh, Nita Baki, she's like the, or what? Or the she's head. a full time therapist at the, the, the jail lady. Total supervisor total there. Bad, yeah. Yeah. There yeah. it is. The clinical supervisor, total badass there. Yes. So she, uh, the one thing I've noticed is like so clients because my number is like on on all of the t-shirts, t-shirts and everything on the <laughs> cards. Board. So they always call going me back and say, to hey, acronyms. Yeah. What, is, what is it? <laughs> what? What's your number? So how would you, how would you say it? It's six four five kill. Kill. Yeah. I originally tried to go for three eight two five, but that was taken. <laughs> so you can figure that out on your own. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, got so, it. But anyway, they call me and they just said, hey. I I met with Nita while I was in jail and I was trying to follow up for services and that. And, and the funny thing is the amount of pro bono work sometimes that's gone into that to help these people get on their Mm -hmm. feet, you know, Mm -hmm. because this it's not like they get out and they're like, Oh yeah, I got, I got tons of money to pay for counseling and stuff. They got nothing. I know. You know, and, and, very helpful. I think that we've been able to develop those relationships. I mean, I feel very fortunate that we're down there and, and I, and clearly we have a, a, a very, unique approach to how we're working with people who are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we genuinely care about them. Absolutely. Well, I think that's obvious every yeah. day, day in and day out. It's very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we do. I, I love having you there. I'm so Oh, I love being there. there. Dude, don't you, don't you like, like, look at like what Kay's wearing right now. She's always so stylish, man. Justin, get a picture of her so we can post <laughs> it. To, as a, I was going to, I'm glad you, I'm glad you let in. You asked that. my thinking, favorite color purple. Picture, well, there I didn't want to creep you out just over yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Taking yeah. pictures yeah. of you. Have you ever noticed that? Like she's she, always yeah, stylish. You got it going on, Kay. Yeah. I try. I try yeah. to like yeah. my get, purple coat. I try to be color coordinated. What I do you think it is a picture? You do. You always do a really good job. Thanks. Yeah. Get out of the way, you goof. No, we got to have him in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do one. There. Okay. Put my arm around you. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag Noel Franken. 
I don't think you can do that if you're willing, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Nice. That's right. That's why podcast I, just went off the rails. Dude, that's why I always that's why I always like uh when I'm down there and and Kay always calls me honey. I I love I that. I do. It's, yeah. it's, it's that's like East my Coast favorite thing. thing. I always call it you always honey. Makes I can't help it. Why don't I get that? Well, you because look? you're there on Saturday, if your ass would show <laughs> yeah. up some other time, well, you might get honey too. Hold on, though. Okay. If you looked at that dude, look at him. <laughs> look at that shirt he's yeah, got on. Look at this. <laughs> he's the, basically the worst person ever. No, well, not no. the worst. He's got his worst. There's a collar. Yeah. Hey, There's yeah. a collar they there. Trust yeah. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do because they're like he's one of our own. Yeah. <laughs> we can trust him. Yeah, that's how I get. Yeah, it. well, no, I, you know, I, I, uh, I say, I think uh, Weber County in general is really lucky to have you. I mean, Thank I, you. I mean, I know that's, you know, uh, okay, we got the guest here, but no, I'm serious. Like, I, I mean, I've learned that. a lot about you in the last year and a half that we've worked with you. And or it has been longer than that. It's been longer than that. It'll August be two of years. 16. August. Oh, yeah. There it is. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I I think that you genuinely care, and I even your interactions with the inmates, you know, and then with the officers, everything. It's. I mean, it's been a, a real pleasure getting to know that, and yeah, it's been a real pleasure getting well, to know like you Well, like I said, I th- we're a team. We have to be a team, and whatever we can do to make each other better, mm-hmm. we'll do it. Yeah, and I I feel the same thing. So. Absolutely, yeah. Doctor K. Hall, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Sure. Oh, whoa, yeah. I had a question. We can't. Oh, hold oh, on. Okay. Just yet. Jeff's yeah. always, Jeff's always premature, dude. He's all let's so, wrap up. He's like, <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> yeah. So you said how long total have you been in the field? Like, in just, corrections. Yeah. Do I have to say that really? No. no. Just, you can just a say long it. You can time. say a let's long just, time. Yeah. yeah let's enough. just leave it. Fair enough. Well, the reason I was I was asking that, so I'm just. From your perspective, mm-hmm. I would want you to answer, you know, to anyone that's, you know, female that is in the field or considering getting into the field, what do you feel like females can uniquely bring to that field and some of the challenges they run into? I think that uniquely they could bring, number one, bring their honest self and their true being and their soul. Then they have to care or don't come. Mm-hmm. And corrections, again, is one of those things you love it or you hate it. And you know pretty much the first day you're there if you love it or you hate it. Yeah. yeah I was so, going to say, what if they're an asshole? Then I don't want them there. <laughs> okay. Don't come to Weber County anyway. Yeah, that's, that's their true soul, though. Yeah. yeah. Don't come to oh, Weber dude. County. Well, we'll she'll, she'll tell you, too. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have one of the lieutenants that tells me, every time somebody goes in your office and you close the door, they come out crying. I'm like... I'm honest. What can I say? So staples, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. hurts. <laughs> you want to get out of here? You're going to eat that staples. answer your question, though. Yeah. yeah well, I was, the reason I ask is I see that all the time with groups. Like, I'll be running a group, and I'll say, mm-hmm. oh, so-and-so is going to take over the group, or they're going to sit in. And I can just see there's a total the different interaction with change, the guys, huh? and they'll be more open to certain things. And mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times women will have a much better or different perspective but on But I something. think, too, to answer the other part of your question um, is... If, especially in the medical mental health piece of corrections, it's a great environment to truly grow and develop. Like, I, I can't hire all brand-new nurses, but I do try to balance when I have an opening, balance my experienced staff with trying to give a brand-new grad an experience. Where a lot of places won't hire new grads, well, we'll hire you, but you have to have one-year experience. Well, where yeah. are they supposed to get that? Sure. So. Yep. Um, I started a preceptorship program since I started working there that I allow student nurses to come in from different nursing schools um, that we develop contracts with. So it gives them that exposure to corrections because they never, ever 
get correctional nursing in nursing school. That's never, they don't, that's not even in their curriculum. So, so valuable too. The yeah. other piece is that myself and Ross Kelly, my, one of my medical deputies, Stud. we go out to different nursing schools and, and give presentations to expose them to correctional health care. He's your recruiting tool? tool? He, I take him with me. You like want to go like, one time with like me? Like they're like, oh, well, like he's, I don't know, Ross Kelly's a pretty good looking dude though. Right? Well, don't tell him that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. tell him that. Yeah. But I, I, <laughs> yeah. so that alone in the medical mental health component of it, they get the experience and corrections that they would never, ever get anywhere else because yeah. you're dealing with a population there that, again, typically has never had care. You're not going to get that in another aspect of healthcare. Sure. Only in corrections. That's why it, the beauty of corrections is amazing because you get the gamut. Like, yeah. we delivered a baby in medical a couple months ago. Wow. We hadn't done yeah. that before, but <laughs> nice. guess what? It was, wow. what a great experience that was. Yeah. And, and plus, if you're in corrections wow. and you do any other kind of nursing, it's kind of like, you've seen it all. Exactly. Sure. What else are they going to throw at you? Where else, you. there's no other aspect of nursing that you can go in where you can truly hold your patients accountable. Like, you know, you know what? You need to get up in the morning when I'm there at MedPass and take your med. Mm-hmm. And if you don't... You missed your med. Sorry, bub. So you can't do that in the hospital. You got to keep going back, keep going back. No, we don't coddle them. We mm-hmm. try to teach them like you guys try to teach them life skills. That's yep. a good message to like budding nurses or therapists for that matter. If you if you can get into corrections, I mean, whether or not you choose to stay in that field, right. you're going to be exposed to a level of, of care that you're never going to see again. Like at that highest, the highest level of care. And in terms, and some of the most difficult patients that yep. you're going to deal with, complex. Forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, complex is a better word than di- <clears throat> than difficult. It is. It's there. It's multifaceted. Yeah, it feels like genuine work to me, though. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually doing something. One of uh, the therapists that work with us, Mike Hanley, mm-hmm. uh, he, he once told me a long time ago. He says, Jeff, there's there's nothing quite like working in this field. Because I don't know if I could ever go back and work doing just some family therapy job, working with like a a mom that's upset with her daughter right. for not making her yeah. bed. Mm-hmm. Or I remember, you know, like it's yeah, true. I, that's not what. Get out of here with that. Give me something real. I, I remember my field supervisor from my master's degree. So at this point, when I was, so I had my. Wait, wasn't that me? No, my from school. Oh, yeah, that was you. <laughs> was like, from work, no. yeah, that was yeah. you. You yeah. remember me? You know, yeah, my my field supervisor from the school that was in charge of the internships and all that. So I remember I was working for a little bit. I was working here with Alpha, but I was also working my uh, um, residential mm-hmm. job, residential treatment at Solstice. Yeah, and so I was. We were talking about something, one like an exit interview, and, I, and she was asking for like any critiques on the program, that kind of thing. And I was like, no. And she just kind of laughed. She's like, realistically, she's like, with the two jobs you had, you weren't really going to learn anything here. Like, the, what you had there was way beyond anything mm-hmm. we could ever teach, like actual it's application. True. I yeah, mean, I feel the same way like Jeff experience. just said. Yeah. It is great experience. And that's, that's where you get into, like you said, it's a field once you get into it, like, this is it for me. I'm not, I don't want to go anywhere else. I, this is what I love. Cause again, to me, that's the most exciting thing. You never know what's going to get booked in that door from one minute to the next. Sure. So yeah. there you are, arms yeah. wide open. Come on. That's exciting. We're here. You know, it's not like we, we close at nine o'clock at night. We don't, we never close. <laughs> yeah. So. Someone comes in with a problem. Well, what's your problem? I'm kind of sad. Well, that's it. Get out of All my right. Right. <laughs> You don't like, know what well, that is. You're yeah. good then. It's like yeah. going from skydiving to checkers. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. No, yeah. It's true. True. Yeah. 
Yeah, we got to be careful on things that we agree to, like presentations we got to do for her. You get roped into a ton of them, dude. Yeah, no <laughs> Although, I no, I, I really like going to the sheriff's conference. I really liked that. I know. Yeah, was that well received? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. That was good. That was good stuff. Yeah. So, We're going to have it again next year, too. Oh, so. okay. I'm there. All right. I got to bring my partner in crime, though. Okay. Make him come down with me. Okay, good. so early to get what, there on time. With that sweater well, on? You too? could come the night before, really. It would be. Okay. I know. I was busy the night before or something okay. like that. I just, right. you know, I just took a bunch of monsters. I was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other questions? For no, me? that was great. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. All right. Well, we really appreciate you, and we'll and make sure make sure you te, uh, tell Lonnie we will we'll comp compensate you. Okay, I'll let him totally know. for being I'll, there. I'll let him know. Right, right. I won't tell sure. him how. I'll just yeah. let him know. Yeah. So if you're, <laughs> okay. so if, so if you're a, a buddy nurse coming into this, you, you I mean you have to be open. You have to be bring your authentic self. Be Absolutely. ready to see a bunch of dongs. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you can't be right? shy. Prerequisite. You can't be shy. That's We've true. had some that started that were a little shy. They quickly got over it. Or yeah, they got to. out the door. Yeah. I wonder if you put that on your resume, like not shy of dong. Exactly. Plenty of dongs. Plenty of dong viewing. All right. Okay, well, we'll wrap up. We really appreciate okay. Dr. K. We okay. appreciate no your time. Okay, thanks. Thank you. All right, everyone. That's a wrap for Episode 9 on the Gorilla Social Work Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. We also want to thank our guest. Dr. K for coming on, hanging out with us, spending some time. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed that one. Also, you need to go on to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever it is. Look us up, follow us, like us, check us out, and help us spread the word, if you will. Some of you have been helping out with that already, and it's awesome. We really appreciate it, so we want to get the ball rolling there. We've been getting some questions coming in. So on the start of the next episode, well, we've been answering those online, but we're going to do a little more in-depth answer to some of those starting out on the next episode which you need to listen to by the way because we got a great one coming up for you we actually have a former client coming on the show so this is someone that got into the program rocked it guys a stud completed moved on to his life he wants to come back kind of share his story kind of talk about what he went through and give people a little more information of what it's like being a sex offender going through the system and moving on with your life that one we had an awesome awesome conversation on this that's going to be episode 10 coming up so check that one out and if you have any questions like i said all the social media sites i rattled off there hit us up on one of those check us out or go to the website we have gorillasocialwork.org and we will see you on the next episode <laughs> <laughs>